folks welcome to another installment of the nick's wall podcast i'm your host kyle maggio i'm here with uh our social media editor trey teamer how's it going trey good how are you kyle good good and we have the uh infamous big waz on the pod today what's going on guys i didn't realize i was infamous <laughs> you have big todd <laughs> so um yeah, I mean, we'll jump right into it. Uh, I'm not even going to try to worry about talking about actual basketball being played on the court today because it's the same as the last seven or eight episodes where we just keep talking about how the Knicks are terrible defensively and inept. So we're just going to hop right into this uh, Charles Ar- uh, Oakley debacle that's been taking place. Um, Yeah, what the actual fuck? You know, I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I tweeted yesterday that this is a new low for the New York Knicks. And if you've been following the Knicks for the last 16, 17 seasons, like there have been some lows. But this is just, you know, between kicking out one of the most beloved players on the franchise's history to issuing a statement immediately thereupon after and basically calling the guy either a drug addict or mental or alcoholic, then going on Michael K's radio show and doubling down on that assertion is just, you know, it's insane. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's just, you know, it's kind of indicative of James Dolan, James, Do- James Dolan's entire tenure as Nick's owner. It's just incompetence. You know, egomaniacal behavior, unwarranted bravado. It's just, you know, everything that's been his tenure in a microcosm, this entire incident, so petty and so small and so meddlesome and so not big picture. It's just, you know, it's James Dolan in a nutshell. It's a disaster. I can't believe we're at this point where, like, a month and a half ago, two months ago, Derek Rose, like, totally stopped answering calls and was, like, gone. And we're just, like, it's so far in the rear view right now. Yeah, like, they're now banning our legends. Like, who's next, man? That was a blip. That's a blip. The guy basically quit basketball for a day. He retired from the NBA for one day. Your point, your starting point guard said, I'm not, he no called, no showed to a freaking game. And that's just like, eh, Tuesday. That's Tuesday for the Knicks. Yeah, it's a, it's a slow December. Let's, uh, you know, spice things up. Let's kick out some legends. Uh, well, hopefully real, next real James Dolan. Oh, no, go, go ahead. Uh, finish, finish. Cause, uh, hopefully next James Dolan's uh, approach. Maybe he'll make a diss track with the straight shot. Maybe maybe that's where we're going next. <laughs> well, well, speaking about his approach, could we at least take a second to appreciate that he shamelessly brought a large white binder to the interview <laughs> that was clearly marked preparation. That it was, wasn't. It wasn't at least like an incognito <laughs> notebook. It, it was just preparation. <laughs> like it's so nick. It, it's, oh, so nick. it's so nick. It's so bad. Who That's brings? Where, 
<laughs> Who brings a biter saying prep? That's like that's, that's like walking in with a bomb that says bomb on it. It makes no right. sense. It's like having a suitcase full of money, then putting a sticker bribe. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what the hell is wrong with this dude? And I would imagine that there aren't a huge amount of billionaires out there with a lot of self-awareness. But just the utter delusion that it takes to go on Michael K's show and just shamelessly justify the shit that he's been doing. And then, you know, there's the report that leaks that he that he fired the head of security, which is just like classic passing the buck, James Dolan behavior, just scapegoating some poor freaking worker, you know? And, and again, it just speaks to the incompetence because it cannot be both things. Oakley can't not have been completely belligerent and ridiculous and this suit and this um, head of security be out of line. It has to be one or the other. It cannot be both. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the, the biggest sticking point, too, was a, a lot of the, at least the New York media guys, they were talking about, too, that generally the Garden security group as a whole are very good dudes. These are very upstanding guys. They, they've all, I mean, no matter who you talk to, even Isola, who typically thrashes the Knicks, I mean, they all have nice things to say about this group. So exactly what you're saying, it can't be two things, because if these are all good, nice guys, then how is it the head of security's fault? You know, by the way, they were exemplary in how they handled and managed the situation. Well, that's what I was going to bring up, too, because it's one thing to send like one security guard over to have a word with him. When you send like six dudes out there like that. And this was four minutes into the game. This had to be the first warning. I mean, we've yet to see like extended video and audio and things like that. But you send a whole group after him. Like you're trying to bully him. You're trying to send a message. So you're not trying to like. Hey, let's make sure there's no problems today. You're a couple of rows behind, uh, you know, Jimmy down there. This was like clear cut, like old mobster kind of thing. Like, I'm going to send a couple guys down there to rough you up kind of thing. Like, it, it just it looked bad. It was bad. It, it... I think I think the funny thing is like yesterday on K show, Dolan was like, we have videotapes. Yeah. So send them like that can only strengthen your argument. <laughs> like, what are the videotapes going to show where you did something wrong? Like, you can only strengthen what you are saying by showing us the tips right that's it well and you know if he, if they did by the way if they had tapes of this guy berating people and did those tapes would be out yes yeah. you know it's like oj i'm going to find the real killers like all right bro <laughs> the fuck out of here <laughs> like it's it's you know it's just and again like this doesn't actually affect the bat the product on the court in any meaningful way but it's it's just indicative of why the product is what it is. You know, this is this is how you get such an incompetent product for so freaking long. It's like this is the man at the head of this. He's the one that makes all the decisions. And so this is the result of that. You know, and then you know, and that's before we even get get into his <laughs> so uh Mr. Dolan, um, the product has been trash. Your team is trash. What do you say to the fans out there? Ask Phil. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, it. It's. Are you freaking kidding me? It. it I mean, <laughs> that that's kind of where we're at, though, because it's it's so it's so next, and like like you said, like this is somehow a new low for the franchise, which 
almost sounds like a hysterical sentence because there have been so I mean, I a couple months ago I thought the Derrick Rose thing going AWOL, I was like, well, that's kind of a low point. We lost a guy for a day. I think that's kind of the lowest point. And then and then it's not because in the year that we're supposed to be uh the Knicks are honoring all these legends in their 70th year, we uh we're tossing one out, we're dragging him across the ground on the way out. I mean, it's it's pathetic. And then yeah, to just tell him to ask Phil is is asinine. I mean, in, in a perfect world. Someone would have some damning evidence somewhere of James Dolan so that we can uh, try to do the same thing that happened to Donald Sterling and try to force him out. But it's not going to happen. I don't know why, but this guy's like bulletproof. Yeah, it's there's no there's no hope. I mean, again, and this is not going to happen because Knicks fans are so freaking addicted to the freaking Knicks. Um, yep. You know, the sure. best thing that could happen would be people just don't show up to games. Don't watch you guys on MSG. You know, like a lack of support. That's the only way to send a message to this guy that like what you're doing cannot stand, you know. But at the same time, like you don't want to punish guys like Chris Stapps and and Carmelo and, you know, and, and these guys who, you know, they play really hard. It's just they just haven't been very good. They're just not good. At, they're not good this year. They're just not good, you know, and, and, and it is what it is. You don't want to punish those guys because, you know, and all indications when you talk to guys like Chris Herring, Isola, um, Bontemps, who's now covering Golden State, but um, he used to be on the Knicks and Nets beat. This is, Phil's, this is the product that Phil has put on the floor. He's been, at best, at best, you can say he's been average at his job. That's being the that's the most fair assessment that you could give. If you're being absolutely, you know, kind to this dude, you can say he's been average. If no. you're like me, he's been a disaster. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I had him. Some someone, I think it was uh, Joe Flynn who does the posting and toasting. Um, I think he had it pegged as um coming into this year but before uh the rose trade and the noah trade he had him as a solid c plus and then after um the rose trade and the noah signing obviously which was horrendous he gave he gives him like a c minus d plus and i i think that's kind of exactly right i think that's what average well not the d plus but i think that's kind of uh speaking to what is average because for example i just look at it two ways like he's been terrible for everything that's not drafting in my opinion like right. the only two the two real signings that he had that were good were robin lopez which he flipped for derrick rose like kind of negated it and uh courtney lee i thought was a pretty good deal sure. and uh but that's it and then other than that you just got the drafting he, you know they do well overseas uh scouting the talent there yeah well but, but that's about it lee's been a um, revelation and I like Kuzminsk. I can't say Kuzminsk is yeah. as well. <laughs> Jeez. How about that? Want, I've been all in on um, Willie, or spelled Willie, pronounced Billy, Hernan Gomez. <laughs> I've been calling him the next Mark Gasol for a couple weeks now. All in. I'm ready for the typical Nick Heartbreak of the rookie. I fell for Landry Fields. I fell for all oh them dudes. God, I'm, all Landry for, Fields. I'm all for Billy again. <laughs> I can't quit it. But here but, we are. But but you know what though? I think Willie's actually or Billy's actually um an actual tangible piece to build around though, because we've been bitching about KP's not ready for the five. And then 
you get a guy who actually can play the five, and I don't give a shit if he can't play great defense right now because no one on this roster can. So at least he can rebound and at least he can score. And you put another big body next to KP, and then you just kind of stagger them, I, I think is kind of the best way to go about it. But I think having, I think what what is Billy, 22 years old? Yeah. He's 22. I think, 22. He's 20, I think KP's 21. I mean, just... Yeah, just let it rock. I mean, like you were say, saying about like the Bucks wise. I mean, they're they're not great right now, but they have some young pieces. Let them play. Right. Let them learn. Let them figure it out. And I, I think largely this year they have. You know, before the, the, the Jabari and the injury. problem, the, the big the biggest issue was that the Knicks didn't own their pick this summer, so yeah. <clears throat> they couldn't go they couldn't go full tank rebuild mode around Porzingis. So they had to act like they were trying to win. So Phil was like, all right, instead of just being like, you know what? We don't need to take on extra money. It's it like, it's okay. Like that pick is a sunk cost. Like we don't need to go down that rabbit hole of like, oh, we're not going to get the reward of having the um the lottery pick. So we need to dump a bunch of resources into quote unquote winning now. Like they didn't need, they could have approached this in a way more, you know, building towards the future type of fashion. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I wasn't completely against the Noah signing. I was like, man, four years is a lot, you know, considering his injury pass. But I thought they could at least get a year or a year and a half of really solid center play from him. And that's just not been the case. (laughs) Yeah, I guess if the philosophy there is KP can't play the five yet, like give Noah like two years to just man that until KP can, which we got like what fourteen games of suitable Noah play at the center. That's being generous, but yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. So you know we haven't they haven't gotten um they haven't gotten anything out of Noah basically. That's just a complete black hole on your books. They're like you know this is because because I told. Um, I've been telling Knicks fans they should blow it up, blow up the season, try to get into that number three spot, you know, um, because I think the Nets have number one locked up, and I think the Lakers are probably right behind them, you know. Yep. Even the Sixers are showing you, like, they're capable of winning some games. I think you could sneak behind the Sixers because they want to try yes. to, you know, build something going forward. I think they should sell off all their pieces you know, I feel uh, Amin said he thinks they should keep Courtney Lee, but Amin is of the mind that they don't need to blow it up in order to suck. <laughs> like well, they're doing a good enough he, job at it right now. I, 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 I mean, he's not. I, I think they've not wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong. I think they lost nineteen of the last twenty-four or something stupid. Yeah, so, so, so he's not wrong at all. But. Yeah, you know. So, um, yeah, I think they should try to. I'd, I'd buy out Derrick Rose. You know. Like, you're not doing anything for my team. You're not some kind of amazing locker room veterans presence. Like, it's not like you're making work great every day for everyone. Um, I try to pawn him off. You know, obviously, if Melo was amendable to a deal, I'm not one of these people that want to just give him away for peanuts. I think he's a valuable freaking player, even on his contract, that you should get something back. Like that isn't Jamal Crawford and Doc Rivers' son. <laughs> I'm so you know what I'm like I'm so gracing get, for it. Like get something back. No, I, I no, I definitely agree there too because I think a lot of people, a lot of people were the the smart NBA people on, online. I mean, they were not 
everybody's lowballing mellow. Everybody's been lowballing mellow since probably last year. And um I didn't it didn't help how bad he started the year. And he wasn't inconsistent. He wasn't shooting well. He had the worst shooting start to his career. But over the last month, he's played it's pretty much since a little bit after uh Christmas. He's played really fucking well, at least offensively. Yes. So you, you never expect much out of him defensively. He's still significantly better, which tells you something, you know, defensively at the four because he doesn't got to move around as much. He's a big physical guy. I think, honestly, I don't know that he, you know, I don't know that there's a scenario in which Melo could be somebody that you would let guard, say, Paul George, right? But I think no if properly motivated, he could be not a, a minus on defense. You know, well, I was like, going to say in the, in that Pacer series a couple of years ago when they made the playoff. Well, five. It's not a couple of years ago anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that's all I really have to look fondly on over the past you know two decades. But um, I, he was playing the four full time that year, and that series he was really just banging with like David West down low. He can do it, and he can do that. He's and he had. A, I think he averaged twenty eight points in that series and he shot pretty damn well too so yes he's older now it's been five years but that's still his position you know if you have him just banging down low he's a big physical guy it's better than him chasing somebody around which he hasn't been able to do even when he was 27 28 so let him go down low and let him at least try there and then i think yeah like you're saying he can't be a negative yeah i think if properly motivated you can get mellow to be you know a neutral defender right um, yeah. I think people, they get it fucked up in the sense that, like, they don't understand what he's actually doing on a night-to-night basis on the Knicks. Like, he is the Knicks' offensive hub. You know, like, there's this idea that, like, oh, you know, people think that, like, if you just put a bunch of 3 and D guys or a bunch of stretch four, fours on the floor, like, that you're going to have some competent offense. Like, there has to be a focal point, something that makes all of this shit matter. Yeah. Something, like, some somebody that is able to draw enough attention where your 3 and D guy, all, that's all he has to do, catch and shoot the rock. Like, he's being asked to do that on a night-to-night basis. I think people would be shocked to see what he could do in an ecosystem where he wasn't asked to be the hub. Where, you know... He was just an ancillary part where it's like, I catch the ball and I just get busy. And I don't need to, on a possession-to-possession basis, be the beginning and the end, you know, bring home the bacon, so to speak, (laughs) on a possession-to-possession basis. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think people underrate him in that sense. Like, And I think, you know, what's interesting, what's fascinating about Carmelo to me is that one, you know, the 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 association with LeBron has helped him in the sense of like culturally, he's relevant in a way that his actual output on the floor probably doesn't justify a warrant. So he's been able to enrich himself, he's been able to, you know, get these great contracts, his standing in the league as one of the most important players would suggest a guy who is you know, top five best player in the league. So he's been able to benefit from that um, in his career. But I feel like he gets ragged on a lot because he's not LeBron. He's not KD. He's not one of these people who just basically, he's 50 wins every season, no matter what is, you know, is around him. 
you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I mean, that's actually the perfect segue because I wanted to talk a little bit about that the the Bleacher Report pieces because now there's two. Because um, <laughs> the first one was like a hit piece and it, it was basically, you know, Melo's not really good anymore. Melo's not a winner, which I, I laugh when we have to like sort of do some gymnastics to define what a winner is because we will justify like for example like let's say uh durant never wins a ring but he was always on good teams uh, obviously better teams than carmelo ever was on but you know but he still won a lot of games he was still technically a winner but then when carmelo was in denver and they went to the playoffs every single season they went to the western conference finals against the lakers that one year you know even when he first came to the knicks they they made the playoffs. Even 2012, obviously, was the 54 win year. That was their best year. But he was consistently winning. So I, I hate when we have to like decide when and when it's not okay to to call someone a winner. And that's kind of what that uh, piece was for me about Mello was he's not a winner. He doesn't have a winning mentality. When largely before Phil Jackson took over and has before, done things he was whenever Melo played for a competent organization he won games period <laughs> i'm yeah. sorry you know <clears throat> this idea that he doesn't have a winning mentality that's bullshit yep and by yeah, the way the and you know i like this stuff kind of hits me in a in a in a special t- type of way because I've been such a huge LeBron fan for so long, right? So when you're like a big fan of something, you become so sensitive to the critiques that LeBron receives. And I remember when people wanted to critique LeBron, Melo was one of the people that they held him against. They'd be like, you see that guy? He has the nuts to sack up. Yeah. But it counts. The right? clutch team. Like, Melo's got the clutch team. Yes. I remember when Melo was the guy who was seen as having that winning mentality, as wanting it more, as, you know, being having the temperament to go out and get you a W, do what it takes. Like, so when I hear this shit now, I'm like, people are just talking out of both sides of their mouths. Like this idea that Melo couldn't function in an ecosystem around good fucking players is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Like, I I understand, right? Like, I understand if you go by Melo's Q rating, you go by his shoe deals, his, you know, he's like stories involving teams that are basically on pace to win 30 games or leading PTI. Like, you know, how central he is in the conversation. If you go by that, you're like, yo, this motherfucker is not KD. He's not Steph Curry. He's not LeBron. He is not, um, you know, He's not even Anthony Davis, realistically. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's not one. He's not Chris Paul. He's not one of these people who consistently just their presence on a team gets you 50 wins. But that doesn't mean he's not fucking good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah, and as I've often said, you can't change the spot on a leopard, right? We all say that. <laughs> <We> all say <laughs> that. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Yeah, that that was all. And then you know, Phil Jackson with his little cute tweets and it's just like shut up. Shut up. You put this you put this product on the floor, dude. Well, what made me laugh the most too. A couple things on Phil real quick is uh first of all, I like how he tried to clear up his uh, initial tweet like he didn't say something, but the the first sentence is pretty damning, is it not? Cuz 
Kevin Ding wrote it, and he said, Ding almost rings the bell. You can't change the, the spots on a leopard. And then I was like, so you're basically saying he's got it just about right because that's what almost ringing yes. the bell clearly implies. We're not idiots. We can read. And then uh, he follows it with, you can't change the leopard on the spots, meaning like, well, all those things you said about Mello, I've learned you can't change those things. So y- you fucking agreed with it. Don't don't try to play us with your Zen so bullshit. I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't catch his, um, his cleanup job. What did he say? He said um, he used two emojis in it. And uh, he basically said it, it created his uh, sorry for his first tweet, creating a firestorm. He used the fire emoji and then put storm just to, to clarify. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then and then he said uh, he's completely against uh, the peace, which. Which obviously not, which obviously not. But I think you uh, muted yourself was, but uh. I I just want to point out that saying ding almost rings the bell is completely poetic. Like just the imagery of that. Excellent. Um and I don't get Phil using emojis. He's got 13 championships. Can you we just lay off the emojis? You don't see Bill Russell tweeting an emoji. <laughs> no, no, it's true. I mean, yeah, he used the uh, the fire emoji and then he said I offer this peace and he used the peace sign. And uh, and said, the, our society is torn with discord. I'm against it. Let it be. Which I have no idea what he's trying to get at. Like, look this way while I talk nonsense about my star player. Like, what are we doing, Phil? Yeah, it's it's overall again. It's the it's the same. It's it's the same. Uh, Asinine kind of things, but I mean, this is why you become an easy target as a franchise because then, you know, people are. Uh, I mean, it's low hanging fruit at this point. You know, he's going to say something stupid now. Phil used to be like funny and careful and like th- a little bit thoughtful uh, with what he was saying. Yeah, then, uh, you know, he just got older and lost touch with reality, I guess. I don't know. I really don't know how to describe Phil Jackson as an uh, head of his basketball decisions. Hasn't been entirely good at that job. Yes. Yes. Perfect. But um, no, the other thing about uh, Phil that I was going to bring up too was, uh, did you guys see the records for when uh, Carmelo plays uh, before and after yeah. Phil? Yeah. It's 100. I mean, it wasn't, fa- again, it's not fantastic, but it, it is the literal definition Wait, of they- winning. 103 yeah. wins to 83 <laughs> losses before Phil, yeah. and then 72 wins and 75, uh, 105 losses after Phil. By the way, and and I and I do this often on Twitter. I'm like, all right, you know, like I know what my opinion. Like, let's say you are a Phil apologist or propagandist, which of which, believe it or not, they exist. The, and no, there there are know, many. You you know who the, you know who they are. Yeah, um, yeah there's a bunch of Knicks dudes like this. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, so what 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 has this guy done? What has he done? They say he started a pipeline to Europe. <laughs> which I'm like, <laughs> look, um, I like Kuzminskis and Willie, but like, are you fucking kidding me? He drafted Porzingis. That's it. That's the beginning and the end of his resume as a Nick um uh president and general manager. 
And Which it was is, a win now team that just failed and got the fourth pick. So like he had <laughs> a goal, he totally didn't achieve it and like <laughs> fell into success. This like is, he's doing it again this year. Well, and, and mind you, that first year too, that Shane Larkin year is the year that I refer to the lottery year as. And uh, <laughs> the Shane Larkin year. <laughs> remember to start the year, they they uh, I think they played the Bulls at the Garden the first game of the the year, and then after that, he said, "Oh, I guess we're not re- uh, ready for the big time or whatever." But he really he opened up about like that, that first week that he believes that that's a playoff team, like Jose Calderon and Shane Larkin were going to lead the Knicks to the playoffs, like. No, of course yeah. not. He loves he loved Calderon because he was a triangle fit. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that and again, that's before we even get into the triangle stuff. Which you know, the the triangle offense has its has its merits, right? Like, and you know, if you ask people who follow this stuff, the X and O stuff, really closely, like a bunch of people around the league have incorporated have incorporated elements of the triangle into their offense, whether it be Golden State whether it be San Antonio, like they've all implemented portions of the triangle. But again, a lot of the times, sorry, Phil comes out, issues a public statement about they're not running my fucking offense. The team is 28th out of 30 teams in the league in defense. What the fuck are you talking about? Nobody cares, dude, about your freaking offense. Yeah, and I think, like you don't get it. And, and I think the biggest thing is he wants. I mean, he he'd like it to be run full time as opposed to like let's say Golden State. They use like side action, like quick hitting things. So the, it's not like a bogged down full time version of it. It's just right. we're gonna come down. There's that one thing that we like from the triangle. We're gonna just try to do real quick if we can't get like the matchup we want, and then they'll use it. But that's how teams, uh, smart teams, uh, you know, should be using it, and they do. So. With with all that being said, between this uh, felon mellow uh, melodrama, as far as uh, I found myself wanting Mellow to be traded a couple weeks ago, like I was just, not because I'm anti Mellow, I love Mellow, but I just thought it's time. I think it's we got to go our separate ways. But then, to sort of uh, paraphrase, <laughs> I mean here, um, they're bad with him, and there's this increasing feud now this rift with phil and i find myself rooting for mellow to just stick it to yes. phil. fight him yeah yeah just be petty <clears throat> be petty and just every time he goes to trade you just nix it just say no yeah. we suck anyway i'm gonna suck here yeah you know just i want to see mellow first of all i want to see him stay i want to see him opt into the fifth year of his deal and it's like, you know what, Phil? Like, I'm going to be here throughout the duration of this entire thing. So, you know, F you, bro. Because the way Phil has conducted himself has been completely unprofessional. It's been classless. It's been petty. It's unbecoming of somebody of his stature. It's just, dude, It's this is beneath the, the dignity of the game, dude. Like, you don't do stuff like this. I wouldn't mind Melo just saying no to all of these Phil Jackson trades and then Phil leaves and then Mel's like, all right, I can leave now too. Like whatever, I'll wave it for yes. you guys. I think that's what's going to happen, by the way. He's ju- I just would... outlast them. And Dolly came out and said, you know, they have the mutual opt-out. And he said, well, we're not going to opt-out. And Phil hasn't given us any indication that he'll opt-out. Yeah. And I'm just like, 
And I spoke to I spoke to um a Knicks somebody who used to be a Knicks beat writer after the 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 Kevin Ding situation where he said Ding hit it right on the head, blah 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 blah. Yeah. And I was like, yo, where the hell is Dolan in all of this? And he's That's like, cool. and he's like, are you kidding me? Dolan loves this. He's like, I don't get none of the heat anymore. Yeah. They're all yelling at Phil like he loves passing the buck. He loves being able to wash his hands and be like, wasn't me. Yeah. You know, I can go to games now and not get looked at as the, you know, incompetent, spoiled brat that I am. So, And now people will now look at Phil and he literally, and this was, this was last week when it happened. And this, and I was like, wow, are you kidding me? Like, is that guy that petty, that small that he just loves being able to deflect blame or whatever? And then he goes on Michael K show and literally says that verbatim. Yep. Ask Phil. Yep. Like, wow, dude. I, I aspire to be that petty. You know? <laughs> like, like that's that's a that's a major like imagine imagine like seriously, all, all jokes aside, imagine the feeling like you're a billionaire, right? You own a, a cable company. Imagine just like publicly being that petty. And that's stupid, by the way. Yes, that's stupid. And it's, nobody it, it, can it tell comes you from stupidity. You know what I'm saying? It's like nobody can tell me anything. Because they're all in my employ. So it's like, I can do or say whatever I want. This dude, there were so many problematic um, <laughs> uh, portions of his, his interview. Um, when he was like, you know, Charles, he needs a lot of help. You know, if he ever had the, you know, if he would just humble himself and he would ask, the Knicks organization would be more than happy to help him with his problems. I'm like, wow, dude. So now not only, you know, not only are you calling this man an addict, which you know. And then he said, we don't know. Fine. We don't know, but you're going to put it out there anyway. Okay. Then you condescend to him and say, well, if he would just ask. It's like, wow, dude. Wow. And by the way, shout out to Michael K and his partner. I forget the dude's name. They asked some good questions. LaGreca. Question. Yeah, LaGreca. Yeah, shout out to Don LaGreca, man. And it, it was it was good. They pressed him a little bit. They squeezed him a little bit. And it, I think it's important because he talks like once every three years. So I think once you get him out yeah. there, you, you got to ask him these questions. It's it's good for their own, you know, brand and content, of course. But it, it's more important to like somebody, you know, good, good journalism is you getting some kind of answers, at least from him, even if they're bad, at least you're asking him the right questions. And I think that was important. And they did a hell of a job. But um, I can think. All, all of this is to say, too, like, what do you think this does for uh, KP? Because it, it can't, we, we know it can't be good, but how much do we make of, you know, the off-the-court issues affecting his growth and, and whatnot? Because I, I don't think it's, uh, I think it's minimal right now, despite it being terrible. I think, you know, he, he'll be okay, but I think uh, I'd start getting worried once we got to, Resign him to a big deal kind of thing in a couple of years, you know. Like if we're really trying to keep him here, and they see how they're yeah. treating Melo, you know. Um, I yeah, think they'll get the. I think KP is fine because he seems to have a really like good head on his shoulders. He seems to have a great perspective. Um, you know, like the guy, the guy, he he's got his eye on the ball. So I don't think. Dolan and Phil's incompetence. I, as far as like retaining him, like I mean, at the end of the day, the the owners have jerry rigged the system in such a way that you know it'd be he would have to literally like try to force a trade out. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, or he would have to take the um the the qualifying offer, play on one year of a qualifying deal, um, to hit restricted free agency. And nobody who's ever been offered the max contract has ever turned that down. Uh, coming yeah. off of their rookie deal, like people have done the qualifying offer. I think Ben Gordon did it. We saw um uh Greg Monroe do it. You know, people have um not been offered the max and been like, fuck it, I'm gonna play one more year on the um qualifying offer and I'm gonna hit restrict um unrestricted free agency. So the Knicks are gonna offer him a max deal, he's gonna take it. You know, I don't have an issue with them retaining him. Um, and also, yeah, again, like all indications, this is a guy who really works hard. Like he gets it, you know, yeah. not to sound all cliche about it, but like he actually gets it. You know, Amin tells the story. Amin tells the story of watching him in the very first summer league. And summer league is weird because there's a bunch of dudes that are on the fringes of the league. And then you have like rookies who are guaranteed to be on the roster so they're having to like develop amongst like guys that are just basically like, I'm going to put up 30 shots because I'm trying to make the team, you know? Yeah. But Amin is like his very first summer league. Like this guy, whether he got the ball or not, he's setting hard screens. He's running the floor every time. Like he's crashing the boards. He's boxing up. And this is summer league, Yeah. you know? And this is amongst a bunch of nobodies in a gym, in a game that nobody cares about. And this guy was busting his ass. So, you know, um, I'm not worried about Chris Stapps and how this affects him. Like, I don't think he's impressionable in that in that way, you know. And I do think he has good vets around him. Like, you know, you can say what you want about Melo, and um, he's embraced KP since the day he came into camp. On since they got the him in there, yeah. yeah, he's embraced him and taken him under his wing. Joaquin Noah has a reputation as sterling as anyone, as far as you know, as far as a teammate is concerned. Yeah, so. He's got great vets around him. I'm not well, KP is the least of my worries. You know, I also think uh, it's very underrated, but he also shouldn't be on the roster. But Sasha Vujicic has played like a huge role for all these European Knicks. Like they all love him, they all look up to him, and yeah, it's just like really cool to see. No, that's actually a fair point because I trash Sasha as much as I can. I think <laughs> I, I, think I, I, I mean it. he's on the team because he has triangle knowledge. It, which is like okay, yeah. <laughs> which which worked out for uh, Calderon, I think, and um, you know, but but I get it from that aspect, at least of surrounding KP with some good guys, and maybe having a guy like Sasha makes him feel a little more comfortable, you know, especially if they were planning on taking you know uh, Billy and Coos, you know, then I, I guess you can make your case for Sasha. It makes, I mean, they're bad anyway. I mean, what are you gonna do? But um, no, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I think. KP, I believe in KP enough as a player. I think he's going to be transcendent enough to the point where I think we've for sure alienated uh, probably for the foreseeable future for uh, any any decent de- uh, vets to come here. So I think you got to kind of bank on KP is going to be the game changer you think he's going to be, and he's going to be able to elevate the team enough by himself as he kind of like grows into his potential a little bit because that's kind of the only hope you got right now when you're dragging Charles Oakley out of the arena, I, I, I think, and, and then you whoa, have Dwayne Wade. Nobody's dragging Charles Oakley out of anywhere. I just want to put that on the record. Charles, <laughs> I know you're a loyal listener. Nobody's dragging you out of anywhere. All right, go on, Kyle. All right, but, but um, you know, I you saw Dwayne Wade stuck up for Oakley. You saw Chris Paul, LeBron, they all stuck up for Oakley. So obviously 
the the players have already decided whose side they're on. You know, the 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 message is clear. So that being said, I think the best hope we have is like, hey, let's just keep these fucking draft picks and hope we hit on a bunch to build around KP because if we don't draft well, we might not have anything. And hopefully, I, I believe anyway, KP in the next couple of years is going to start having, you know, taking those big leaps. They need a point guard, man. If they don't draft one, they got to somehow find a way to get uh, Drew Holiday in there. Take the L for Markel. That's all I have to say. Take the Let's L get for Markel. Okay, I'll see you. Let's just... Let's just keep on losing. Let's take us uh, some Markel Fultz, maybe Lonzo Ball. I don't know. Doesn't yeah, they matter. need a Dennis point guard. I want a point guard bad. I, I know he's been injured, but I, I really, I really want Drew Holiday. Yeah, I do. I, he's Drew only twenty six. Perfect. Drew Holiday would be perfect. I mean, he's kind of an old twenty six because he came to the league when he was like eighteen. This is true. He's like really young when he came, but still, like. He's perfect, dude. And because because his game is so malleable, he can play off the ball, on the ball. He can guard twos. He can guard ones. He shoots it. He drives it. He passes it. He does everything. He'd be yeah, a perfect yeah. fit next to K, um, KP. Hopefully we can retain his brother, too. I would love to have Justin Holiday. I like back. Justin Holiday, man. He's a, good, he's a good player. He's been, uh, I know Brian Giberman, I follow, uh, he's been saying this most of the year. He's one of – he – has uh, been riding this train, I think, a little bit longer, the bandwagon here. But he said uh, Holiday's been one of their five best players this season. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and and I absolutely agree with that sentiment because he's been – he's actually been – I mean, Courtney Lee is kind of an inconsistent offensively at times. But Justin Holiday's been a constant. Right. And and that's and tremendous. Yeah, he's, he's finally making his three ball, you know, because – He's all NBA champion. He's got he's got that championship experience. The pedigree. It's va- the yeah, pedigree. the pedigree. It's valuable. <laughs> he's got the championship pedigree. But yo, guys, I gotta go. I gotta go get some lunch. I gotta eat. Um, this was fun. This was awesome. Um, right. I appreciate Thank you guys you. having me on. No, appreciate no, it. Thank you God. for coming on. And, uh, next time you come oh. on, uh, maybe or maybe not. You bring Jerry Ferreira with you. <laughs> um, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot, I'm gonna shoot from outside the gym on that one. But, um, bring us the turtle. I'll, 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 I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll, I'll hit Jerry on the, on the jack and see what he's talking about. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. I do. We're here Talk for to it, y'all later, man. Thank you again, Wallace. Of course. Yeah, uh, and I think that's it. I think we're good for this week. Uh, again, thank you, uh, Trey, for coming on. Um, you. you know, Waz has left, but uh, shout out, shout shout out, out Waz. Waz, thank you for coming on. That was very fun, uh, energetic talk. I appreciate it. Hope we have you back on, and uh, I will shamelessly plug in once again for the record that uh, I would like a long conversation with Jerry Ferreira. So if we can get Turtle on the pod, that'd be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Waz probably won't let us down, so I'm just gonna leave the ball in his court there. So uh. Everybody, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right, take it easy. Bye. See you, Kyle. Take it easy, Trey.